0: <laughs> welcome, everybody that is listening. Today, I have the 65 plus CrossFit Games champion who is also known as my mom, Patty Bauer. Uh, mom, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Yeah, this is fun. We've never had you on the podcast before, but we probably should have. And <laughs> this is going to be fun because not only do I get to ask you questions, but uh, we get to go down this road of some things that I may or may not have actually known about you, so I feel like sons and mothers should do this more often. But anyway, where are you at today?
1: I am in uh, Kenmore, Washington.
0: Yep, Kenmore, Washington. And just so everybody knows, I am in the Teton Valley in Idaho outside of a library doing this podcast in a park which is always fun to find good internet on the road. And we found a decent internet service. Hopefully it won't cut out as we're doing this, but you never know.
1: And I'm so- in a house and you're out of a van and I have a crib behind me.
0: Yeah, yep. <laughs> we're just going to go through a a series of questions so that people can get to know you a little bit better. And maybe, like I said, I'll learn some things as well, or at least refresh my memory. But uh, the first question that everybody to know is more about you. And that is going to start with where did you grow up?
1: Well, I was born in Iowa, but only lived there for about 18 months. And then my family moved to Seattle area, Kirkland, Washington. Um, where my dad went through uh, his orthopedic residency. And uh, and then so I grew up in Kirkland until college. And then after that, moved around different places, but always in Washington.
0: Nice. And something that I didn't put on here, but is probably relevant and interesting for people to know, is what sports or athletic endeavors were your parents good at or did they like to do?
1: Oh, um, you know, I don't know if my mom did any sports. I think back then, you know, girls really weren't allowed to do sports. She was always really physically fit and gardened like crazy when hauling plants all over the yard, things like that, doing all her own chores. But um, my dad and his brothers were runners. They, uh, the four of them were in track and, um, and they, they, for a while, I think they had some, my brother's going to go nuts. Cause I don't remember this, but <laughs> um, but they were had some records for the fastest mile in the state of Iowa, and I don't know if it was overall for a while. They were they were fast runners, and then long distance runners as well. So I wish I had gotten that genetics of loving to run, but I didn't. <laughs> my brother my brother was a runner as well in high school.
0: So what yeah. pl- what sports did you play then growing up or activities were you enjoying?
1: Well, I didn't really do much. I mean, I was always pretty busy. My mom made sure I, you know, if I wanted to go ice skating, she'd take me to the ice skating rink or outside doing things. And then when I was in about sixth grade, she took me to a gymnastics class and You know, we did some tumbling and stuff and found out that I was pretty flexible and could do that. And so she built me a balance beam in the front yard and let me practice on that. And, of course, hanging upside down from the swing set. But And then our family always snow skied. And so every year we'd snow ski at the closest ski resort. And then also it seems like once a year we'd take a a ski vacation like to Sun Valley or... Actually, I think Sun Valley and up to it used to be called Todd Mountain. I think it's called Sun Peaks. And in Canada, we'd go there once a year. And then I continued on with gymnastics. And then when I was in high school, uh, between junior high and high school, my family got a swimming pool put in and my sister started teaching swimming lessons. And so I didn't learn to swim until I was about in middle school. And, um, after that, I really liked it and joined a lake swim team for my high school years. And that was fun. It was just, you know, like two or three months in the summer. And, uh, then I started teaching swimming lessons. Loved that a lot. Then, uh, let's see, what else did I do in, uh, then I, then when I was in college, um, actually I joined the gymnastics team and made it, couldn't believe it because I was terrible, but, um, balance beam was my biggest event and um my claim to fame was to be able to do a back walk over on the balance beam. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um and then uh lots of swimming and then I got I had a, got a scuba license and um didn't didn't start hiking until I was an adult and had kids, but I love hiking when I find someone who'll motivate me to get out there and uh cross country skiing, I like that and uh kayaking, paddle boarding, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Just, you know, but, you know, I don't, I'm not self-motivated. I don't just say, I'm going to take my kayak out. I have to find someone who said, I'm going to take my kayak out. And then I'm right there with them. I'm always, I'm a good tag alonger, but I, I'm not a self-motivator. So yeah, I always try to glom onto friends who like adventure and then I go along with them.
0: (laughs) Nice. Do you remember what their training was like when you were doing the gymnastics in college? Was it you know, how many days a week, what kind of stuff did you guys do for training?
1: Not, I don't remember college, um, high school, you know, we just did it after school and, and, you know, they, I think it was probably four days a week for a couple hours, an hour or two. And, you know, uh, I was on like the club team. They're always that upper level. Those girls would do the select stuff where they would, they would be going after the regular practice, they'd go off somewhere and train with a, professional in, in college, it was, it was just a club team. And, and I, oh, and I, um, I went about three weeks and then I, um, had to have my appendix out. And so I didn't go back.
0: <laughs> and that was it.
1: That was it. That was the end of my career. <laughs> yeah Cause you and couldn't really put any for a long time. You couldn't put any, you know, s- stress on your abs. So, yeah, cause it was back in the day when they would actually cut a, a line in your stomach rather than just two little holes, a couple little holes. So,
0: right. Uh, how old are you today? I
1: am 68 and a half. 68 and a half.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And how many years or how long you've been doing CrossFit? And was that maybe the first sport or activity that you really did consistently since college other than like hiking or kayaking here or there?
1: Um, Well, you know, I, I always, I would go to the gym and do stuff. I felt like I was always doing something, but not consistently like like CrossFit. Um, And I've been doing CrossFit about nine or 10 years now, I think.
0: Okay. Yeah. Nine or 10 years. And when you started doing CrossFit, were you doing it at an affiliate?
1: No, you started, you and I started with, um, I think you found it when you were in New York Mm -hmm. and told me about it. And I started going online and going to the CrossFit.com site and going into the condo gym and trying stuff out. And then you moved back and we started doing it together, Mm -hmm. messing up the walls with our wall walks, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and doing what we could just that way. And it just appealed to me for some reason. I don't know. I just like that feeling of, you know, getting real hot and sweaty. And then, you know, feeling good about seeing a little bit of gain each time seeing some progress. And then when you, and then you started, you gave Maggie your sister that wedding gift of CrossFit class once a week for six months for her whole wedding party, and I participated in that and found out I really liked it a lot using <laughs> regular equipment. When you were running there down at the Stoneway CrossFit, um, that's when I think I really got hooked.
0: And at that and then time- that's when I
1: also we did that open challenge, and and I found out that there were you didn't I didn't have to compete with the same weights and the same everything as as you guys and somebody said, Oh, look, there's, they've got age categories. And and I was 60 at that time. And I, so I looked at my 60 scores. I, somebody said, Patty, did you ever look at your scores? And I said, no. And they said, well, you did pretty well. And so I found out that I was pretty strong just because I always work out with people that are younger and stronger than I am.
0: Did you feel like at that time that that was, that you just picked up CrossFit and you were good at it? Or was there a point in the last nine years that you kind of were like, huh, now I'm starting to pick up these movements or like I'm starting to build a base of endurance or strength. How did that well, feel you know, for you?
1: Apparently I was always pretty strong, but I, I really didn't know it because no one is my age. So I'm never working out with anyone my age. And so I didn't know. Um, I feel like I started actually really gaining the most skill in the last two years following your program get better project, even though it was there. You don't have to do any bars. You don't have to have any equipment except dumbbells. If you don't want, if you don't want to, if you don't have them, but it was, it was giving me that overall fitness of, of all the parts of my body that I needed, even to the point of keeping my hands really strong. Mm-hmm. You know, and so um that's I think when I started seeing the most gains. And then that each year, you know, the CrossFit has the open and I and I'd try things and there'd be something I couldn't do. And so I would set up some goals of trying to get this or that or the other thing. And I just started seeing that that all that stuff they tell everybody about when you get to a certain age you keep getting weaker and less strong, less strong. You know, you'd always been saying that's a bunch of Bull, but <laughs> but you know you just kind of hear it and you believe it, and then I started seeing that actually I wasn't getting weaker; I was getting stronger. And so you know I think back at how strong maybe I wasn't when I first started, and I I didn't know it, but but now I'm getting gains in certain it, real specific things like strict handstand push-ups or um, chest bar pull-ups or things like that, just little gymnastics type things. But I think just the overall consistency just kept me kind of at a certain level and then little by little by little getting stronger. But the last two years following your program, I, I think that that's, I don't know if it's because I was alone in my basement or what it was, but um, seemed to work the best for me.
0: Yeah. So you, do you think that it could have had to do with, or have you been more consistent with training uh, volume or like training, you know, four to six days a week in the last two years or is it something else?
1: I don't know. I'm. Um, I mean, I. You know, I retired, so I didn't have to go to work and teach, and then come home and still make myself go work out. That mm-hmm. could be part of it. But you know, I like the way the the get better projects set up with the little. You know, you post your scores to Sugar Wad, which I. You know, I did it because I worked at a, uh, Kenmore CrossFit. CrossFit Kenmore. Before that, and we got to post our scores there, which I like, too. I, I really like that being able to just see where you fit in the in the categories of all the other people, you know, our females versus males. Um, there was I'd, I'd look in the age category, but there was never anybody there but me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, and I was making lots of gains there, too. It was just it was just seemed harder so much. This the working at home. It didn't, I don't know. It just didn't seem as hard. I was shocked that I was getting stronger.
0: So a lot of people would say, wow, I don't know how you do that. Working out at home alone. How do you perceive that? And why are you able to work out at home alone and have motivation to continue doing that?
1: Well, I know I feel better afterward. You know, if I don't work out for several days in a row, I, my mood kind of goes downhill. You know, it's just like the, you know, what's there to do? I, I like you get when you get older you get sore if you move less. Yeah. You might I, I'd rather be sore because my muscles are sore rather than everything else sore because it's uh, from inactivity or age, you know. Right. And this really helps keep everything going and flowing. And you know your dad works out and so there'd be days when one of us isn't going to work out and the other one is and then all of a sudden the other one's down there working out cuz you don't want to be, you know, that didn't want to be left out. So, I mean, that really helps. It was hard the last month before the games because he had eye surgery and he couldn't work out at all. And so then I was down there by myself, but I also rejoined CrossFit Kenmore. So that helped because it does help to have somebody to work out with, to, yeah. to do it all by yourself, I think is, is very hard. Although I've done a lot of it and the last two months, just cause I was scared to death. <laughs> going to the games but i think it it helps to have a a partner or somebody else who's i mean and i don't know if they could be just a virtual partner or you know someone in person to be have your accountability you know to check in with Um, i think that's what kept me going
0: interesting yeah i know for me and since i come from the same genetic pool as you obviously um there's something about having a program that you're following and just feeling accountable to doing what is written. And even if there's not someone else that's doing the same thing as you, um, just like trying to accomplish what they have put effort into for you to see how you can, you know, continue to do it. I mean, like for myself, I have never personally worked out in CrossFit classes like ever. I was I, I was talking with Emily about this yesterday and we were talking about what CrossFit gym we would join if we moved back to Seattle. And I was like, it doesn't matter because I would just try and find the open gym and just go do my own thing anyway. And it's cool to have other people around. Like I love having other people in the gym with yeah. me but it doesn't mean that i want to like join a class and you I, know
1: not, i actually i'm the same way and and i didn't really realize that until i started doing the open gym workouts at the kenmore uh, place because and and there're always kind of the same people there mm-hmm. you know which not who i'm always weaker and slower than but um we're not <laughs> we're not competing necessarily with the same workout we are just working out together and you know working hard and getting that look in your eye and you know challenging whatever yourself or whatever you're doing but um I, I went down this this morning and worked out and I found that it was really fun to have other people down there you know to work out by I'm gonna miss it <laughs> when my membership runs out but um yeah it's so and and then working out with Megan Hart is your sister and her husband um really i I really like that too, because you know that's just motivating to have somebody to get together with you know or to say what time are you working out or when you do your Saturday workouts where we all just get on a zoom call and work out that's motivating too yep it's uh yeah i don't I don't know if i if I was just totally all by myself, I would be as motivated,
0: yeah, that makes sense um what- at what point did you think that you had a chance to make it to the CrossFit games?
1: I was totally shocked really to tell you the truth. I mean, I, with the, you know, when I do the open, I'm always in the top hundred, you know, and, you know, you guys have always been told telling me for years, you know, mom, you should try to go to the CrossFit games. And I'm going, I don't want to go to the CrossFit games. They would shine a put a camera in your face or they would, you know, everybody would see you working out. I, that wasn't my goal at all. And so um, I really, out of fear, didn't want to do that. But um, then when I did the online qualifier, I went down to Kenmore because you had to have a judge do it because I was sure that I had somehow screwed up and I didn't know how I got that score I got from the open. So I went down and I had to do the videotape yourself and have a certified judge. And um, then I came out fourth in my age category, which was shocking to me. And the coach down there told me, I said, I think you scored me wrong. And she goes, you scored yourself harder than I did. You would no rep yourself when I thought it was a good rep. So I was hoping that that was true, that I wasn't going to get there and be a total embarrassment to myself. Um, I I really didn't know how I would do when I was going to the games. And that left me feeling mortified or scared to death for the last two months before the games. Yeah. And and people say, oh, sure. She did know that you don't know if you're working out with people who are younger with you than you all the time. You have no way of knowing.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, everybody that asks me about you, even before this and like how you are and how you do at CrossFit and even like, oh my gosh, your mom does CrossFit. That's awesome. And yeah. I tell them, you know, she not only does she do CrossFit, but the amazing thing is that she just keeps getting better and better at the things that she used to not be good at. I mean, like it was really eye opening to me when you sent me a video of your hands, your strict hands and pushups. And just so everybody knows, I ask her to send me videos every single day. And it's like <laughs> twisting her arm to get <laughs> a video. And I, I don't understand.
1: That I have to send you. (laughs)
0: And I don't understand it because I videotape all of my stuff every single day because it's, you know, a social media thing and it helps to build my brand. Um, But, you know, when she does send me stuff, it's fantastic because then I get to feel more like I'm helping with coaching and and moving forward and things like this. And she sends me this video of herself doing, I think it was like three or four strict handstand push-ups, just all the way down, all the way up. And I remember jumping back into doing those, uh, Saturday workouts at Stoneway CrossFit when we had like, I don't even know, like plates and ab mats and all this stuff stacked up underneath her head so that she could do like a few inches (laughs) of the top of a handstand push-up. And I didn't realize how much she had been moving forward, just chipping away at these, at these goals. And what I want people to understand at this is that like, not only is it less of an age thing than you think that you, you, cannot get better as you age you can get better as you age yeah. but it's also that you have to set these goals and continue like looking for just very small little incremental improvements And for some reason, we've come into this age where it's like, yeah, we want to just be good at handstand pushups and like we pop up on a wall. And the reason I use handstand pushups as an example, because they're hard, you know, they're hard for most people. So not many people are going to be able to pop on the wall and do three or four of them or, you know, do them at all. So. Setting these little goals and just kind of like going every single day is so important. And I another quote that I've had from you that you kept telling people that would ask you at the games, you know, how did you do it, blah, blah, blah. And you kept saying, I just do it for one day and then I do it over and over and over. But it's just one day. I just get up and I work out for one day. And then the next day I get up and I work out for one day. And if people had that mindset that it's just in the moment right there, I just get up and I do it for one day. And then you just put those days together, it's really easy. And so many times people are thinking, oh, yeah, I've got to go work out. Patty said that she got improvement in the last two years. And then they hear, oh my gosh, she's done CrossFit for nine years. They're like, how am I going to do anything for nine years? <laughs> yeah. You know? So I just really love that, that mindset. Um, And do you have anything that you could help people relate to, to jump into how you think about it like that rather than, oh my gosh, I need to do this for two or nine years.
1: Yeah. Well, first to tell you the truth, I I wouldn't have known how long I've been doing it, except people ask me this, how long you been doing CrossFit? So then I had to think back, you know, when was that and how long was it going? Because really I'm that type of person that, You know, I'm in the moment. And so that's what's important is there, this one, that one, this one, you know, and I and my little chart, you know, and and and, uh, you know, can I actually what one thing that really helped me with those handstand pushups was um, I had the big whiteboard and I sent you a picture of my big whiteboard with all my goals of things I wanted to accomplish From I think after the open maybe, and you put it on a spreadsheet for me and I was able to track when I made little progress. And so that was kind of fun, you know, Mm -hmm. seeing this time, you know, and also I'd see, oh my gosh, I haven't practiced double unders for two weeks now, you know, and uh, when I, and when I would see progress and get to put that on my little chart, I thought that was really fun. And, And by the way, I've erased all those goals and put on and put my, have a new chart on my wall again. Of things I need to work on for next year. Yeah, so I'm sorry, I forgot. The original question was
0: <laughs> like, how did you? Is there any tips or anything like that that you can give to people on how to approach things one day at a time, like you do, rather than thinking about, oh my gosh, I've got to do it for you know two or nine. Well, years. I mean,
1: maybe it is that that you do. You say, okay, so what what things would I like to be able to do? Like what I like to be able to do twenty air squats. Without stopping, and maybe pick you know two or three things that you want to do. I want to do 20 air squats, I want to be able to walk for uh, 15 minutes, I want to, uh, uh, you know, something else that maybe have stronger arms, hold a plank for a minute, and then you just put. Actually, I started with just my little calendar. And like when we would set up those monthly goal things, you know, I would just write it on my calendar. Did I do it? Did I not do it? And how long did it take? And it was just as simple as that. It's like it doesn't have to be anything elaborate, but setting up a little goal and saying, well, okay, for this month, maybe I'm going to try that and work on those things for a month and see if I see any progress. And sometimes you don't. I mean, like those, um, what do you call those things where we had to do all those squats, jump squats, and the
0: yeah. The, uh, the leg blasters. Yeah.
1: That was horrible. Um, <laughs> those leg blasters, you know, I just never felt like I got any better, but I got better. Maybe not at my leg blasters, but I got better and a whole bunch of other things that I didn't know I was getting better at, you know? So just setting like uh, just one or two goals and, and trying for it, you know, it doesn't have to be anything amazingly spectacular. Just start where you are and go from there. That's, you know, the, you'll see, you start to see progress, you know, decide what, what kind, what do you want your fitness for? Do you want to be able to get down on your ground with your grandkids and pick them up and stuff? You know, if you can't do it, then it sounds like squats are for you. (laughs) Yeah. You know, pick up functional fitness movements and, and work with those until you can do it, you know, or pick up a grandkid five times, just squat down and pick them up and squat down and pick they'll love it and It'll make you stronger.
0: Yep, absolutely. And, and I, the cool I would say thing that...
1: about a grandchild is that they get heavier as time goes on. <laughs> so it'll be like an incremental increase in your weights.
0: Yep. And from a coach's standpoint, the way that I, I'm looking at that is I'm like, make sure that your form is really good when you're doing that because you'll get yourself into bad habits like holding your child on the same hip every time. And oh,
1: yeah, you that's know,
0: true. Arching your back when you pick them up off the ground, which is like doing a, a clean, you know? So. Yeah, I know know
1: that you always say, practice perfect. Don't practice anything but perfect movement. And um, it it pays off, you know, and then, and then you say, and then if you're at the CrossFit games, just do what you have to, but, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but that's when you get hurt. That's when you hurt your shoulder. Um, So I have to practice perfectly more so that that'll be, you know, in my head more, but I did have some people at the, at the CrossFit Kenmore today tell me that they they all noticed that my form was really good. I thought it was right. a nice compliment that they thought that that's, that's how I was able to do so many things is I had really good form. And it's from that practicing perfect, you know, keeping your back flat, don't round, all those kind of things that you do it enough and it kind of gets to, plays little, you know, things in your head.
0: Yep. Yeah. And and for me, I always think about like, I just want to be intentional about everything that I'm doing. So if I'm going to pick a deadlift up on the ground or a child up off the ground or a pencil up off the ground or whatever, why not just do it to the best of my ability? And it doesn't make it any harder to do it to the best of your ability, <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's kind of like walking. If you, if you walk with your feet like a duck you know, and you know that that's not as good for your hips as if you turn your feet straight forward. It's just turn your feet straight and hook forward. Just <laughs> walk that way and, you know, set yourself up, represent yourself to yourself. Say, I want, I want to be proud of myself that I'm turning my feet straight forward. It's not that hard, you know? And
0: <laughs> It sounds like myself talking. So that's why I'm laughing. It's <laughs> like, I, I don't, it's one of those, I I completely agree. I'm like, well, you know, you want to feel good. Well, do the things that are going to make you feel good. You want to look good. Well, do the things that are going to make you want to look good. You know, you want to do whatever, you know, be that person. And just like you said, if you, if you're walking like a duck and you don't want to have hip pain, then straighten your feet and walk straight.
1: Yeah. Unless of course you have some, you know, thing in your hips that you need to have your feet out like that. But I don't think Jeanette and. Mostly, people don't do that. Although our family does have one toe that turns in just a little bit, and they always said that's why they are good runners.
0: Yeah, now they're finding that some of the fastest people in the world have that genetic attribute of they have that inward rotation of their toes or their or their feet. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty. So we could. Have interesting. Our, we screwed
1: ourselves up by keeping our feet absolutely straight.
0: Yep. <laughs> How would you explain your nutritional or diet habits?
1: Um, well, I try to um, log my macros all the time, so I know how many fats, proteins, and carbohydrates I have. And um a couple years ago, I decided that I wanted to I, I decided that I was always strong and I thought, well, if I lose twenty pounds, then everything I do is gonna be easier, right? It's like. Yeah taking off my weight vest. And so I set up, you know, I asked you about how many proteins, fats and carbohydrates I should have and percentage wise. And so then I set that up and then I set it up on the, um, uh, what's that called? Our, uh, my, my fitness, fitness Pal yep. free app. And, um, and I set it up and you can set it up to say what your goal, what your weight is right now or what you think it is. And then um, what weight do you want to be? And then you put that in there and it'll tell you how many calories you get or how many proteins, fats, and carbohydrates you get. And so um, I just set it up like that and started eating according to those macros. And little by little by little by little, I just started losing that extra weight. And I was still as strong. So it was kind of good because I've been wearing a weight vest around all this time. you know. And I always say, say to people, like, I'm, um, I'm really strong. I just have an extra layer. You know, and and, um, and not fat, but just having, I had more fat on me than I do now. So
0: why do you think, and the reason that I say this is because I work with a lot of people on nutrition coaching as part of the get better project, you know, we'll, we'll help people as much or as little as they need to on setting up these macros. Like you're talking about coaching them on like what they should eat, when they should eat it, all of that interesting stuff. But why do you think that you were able to simply plug that in and just start, it's actually very similar to like your handstand pushups or whatnot. You just, you know, plug it in. Then you've just started doing, making small improvements over time. And then you look back two years and you're like, wow, I'm, you know, 20 pounds lighter. Why do you think that you've been able to do that so easily? But then there are these other people that are out there and they'll have the same tools as you have but when that chocolate cake or when the donuts show up at the office, they immediately will go towards the donuts, even though they're trying to reach this goal of losing 20 pounds or feeling lighter or whatnot.
1: You know, I don't know. I, um, I have a pretty rigid willpower (laughs) as far as that goes. I mean, if I'm doing paleo, then I'm paleo. If I'm doing this, I'm doing, you know, and paleo didn't work for me by the way. Um, Oh, I, I, I like it because you log your stuff, you know, in my fitness pal, I like that. And I can see how many days a week I do that, but also, and then, and then with the get better project each week, we have a, a, you know, a once a week check-in where we, we say what we've been doing, how we feel like it's going. I mean, it's not like bad or good. It's just, did you do it? And how, how do you feel about, about your goals and et cetera? Um, And, uh, and I guess that just that once a week is enough for me to, you know, say, oh, I I don't want to, well, and there are weeks when I say I didn't log at all. You know, I just, I had to take it off. I had to just eat what I wanted to. But, um, once you're starting to eat pretty clean, you know, when you don't eat that way, you, you don't feel as good and I notice that a lot in my body. I, but I I've always known that I can't eat a lot of sugar. If I eat a lot of sugar, then I want a lot of sugar. So I have to kind of stay away from that. And I mean, I can get sugars through my fruits and, and things like that, but you know, lots of cookies and cakes and stuff those uh, it's, that's my addiction, you know, I, that changes my body chemistry or something. And I, and I, want it all the time. And I don't like that feeling of always wanting something, you know, now I know if I feel like I really need something sweet, if I eat a little piece of dark chocolate, then that'll, that'll be enough to just, you know, take that feeling away rather than eating a big piece of cake or something. But, um, so
0: so do you think that it's the process that you've become like attached to and the logging of it or do you think that it's like the goal that you wanted to lose 20 pounds or like where's the motivation that keeps you doing that every single day
1: i guess i don't want to gain it back right i want to be able to know that i've got it under control and so um that's why like a lot of people say oh i know what i'm eating now and and so i don't need to log it anymore and you know i can't do that i have to I have a bad relationship with eating and food from my past. And so um, I don't feel, I don't have that. I don't feel like it's an intuitive thing. Maybe I have to do it 10 more years and then I won't have to do that, you know, or maybe when I'm 80, I'll just eat whatever I want. But I am I love what I eat. I, I could eat pretty much eat the same thing every day, almost, you know, so long as it included cottage cheese and oatmeal and blueberries. Uh, <laughs> but um, I don't know. I, I just like that. I like to have something, a, f- a system to keep track of, to help me keep track of what I'm doing so I don't get way off course one way or the other. I just, you know, it's like steering a boat. You get too far off and you're in big trouble and it's easier to just keep it kind of in the center.
0: And I think there's a lot of things that uh, in life and in fitness that are like that where you're trying to go in one direction and whether it be like, Oh, I trained six days this week, and I'm slightly overtraining and then I need to go three days next week. Or, you know, I decided that, you know, my, my, you know, friend or family member or niece or whatever had a birthday and I wanted to have the cake with them. So then, you know, the next few days, I'm going to have a few eat a little bit less, or, you know, I'm going to be steering that boat down the stream and staying not running it into the shore
1: (laughs) yeah exactly and you know i never do eat less even if i've had a big eating day like like and i don't think people should go to somebody's birthday and not eat the cake if they like cake you know but um for me it's like the next day i just eat back on my schedule i don't say you don't get any as, as many calories because you were a bad girl yesterday. You know, I just say, okay, so let's say this is day one again. So I start again. And if I don't go too many days with with days where I've eaten, you know, way over my calorie count or my macros or something, then it's it's really not that big a deal. Yeah,
0: but, and I think that... That's a great point and something to to touch on because first of all you have to set up how much food and what kinds of food that you need right so you have you have that day one to start from but then I wanted to bring up there's a uh, one of my favorite ultra running coaches his name is David Roach and if you guys don't follow David Roach he's one of the most positive people that I have ever met and I've had the privilege of interviewing him before um, so I'll try and make sure and and link to that. Uh, down in the notes below so you guys can can listen to how awesome David is. But he also, he coaches some of the best ultra runners in the world. And he, <laughs> oh gosh, I, I can't remember what the quote is on his his website. It's so great. But a, a, about puppies and, and pizza and things like this. But anyway, he the reason that I bring him up is he says, he posted on social media the other day. He's like, my athletes always eat enough food sometimes eat way more food than they should and never don't eat enough food. Yeah. And I think that you have to take that with a grain of salt because if you're training, you know, in the, in the get better project and you have that day one setup, or where you're training to be a CrossFit athlete or you're training for something, food is your number one fuel. So like you saying that I never eat less to like, you know, tell myself or, or get, get myself, you know back on online, it's a great point that you, that as an athlete, you should never do that. You should always have enough food. And those times that you have more than enough food, as long as you have, you know, your training and everything in place, it's not going to negatively impact you. It's just that you maybe don't want to have way more than enough food all the time. You just want to have that, that day one to go back to, um, and then, and be consistent with it.
1: Yeah. And you know, it can never, if, and if you're starting a program that you weren't doing before and you've got things set up, and if you don't just blow that program forever and don't exercise and don't watch what you're eating, it's never going to get as bad as it was. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it's always going to be better than it was before you started doing that. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. And something that I should have touched on before asking this question, but a lot of people ask me about, uh, and that is injuries. And as you age, you know, trying to avoid injuries and how hard you go and, and what you think about in order to do that. Because there's this perception with people, even in CrossFit, that as you get older, you it's easier for you to get hurt. And I should have pulled this together with your thought process on like how you move and you move intentionally and you do it constantly. And injuries are a part of any kind of movement. Injuries are part of life. So they're not something that... I I don't I hesitate to say that we try and avoid injuries. We just if they come up, we deal with them because they're gonna come up eventually whether you know you're the worst injury I ever had was when I was in college of of my life so far and you know I always try and explain that to people. But how do you or how do you handle that question when people are like, you know, you're 68, aren't you worried about getting hurt?
1: <laughs> well, I am worried about getting hurt. Because you you heal more slowly. But I'm also, I think I can get hurt worse if I don't work out. If I don't have any muscles to keep my body strong. If my bones density is low because I'm not doing anything. I think you get hurt more easily. You can break your hip. You can fall. You get uncoordinated if you don't work out. Because you don't have any proprioception of your body. You don't know what it's doing in space. And um, I think people who are worried about getting hurt are fooling themselves to think that not doing something is going to keep them from getting hurt. And as a matter of fact, I think with doing the Get Better Project and the, with the dumbbells and all that stuff, I didn't—I didn't have rarely had any injuries at all those last two years. You know, and I mean, I've got like this my shoulder years ago gymnastics in you know high school. that comes up a little bit or, you know, things that will come up or if your body's not balanced, you know, I teach yoga and mobility and, and, um, I think it's really important to keep your, both your sides of your body balanced really well. And, uh, so I, I try to make sure that I stay strong enough that I don't get hurt doing those things. And I, and I might not push like in, sometimes in CrossFit, they want you to make a certain number of gains at a certain amount of time. And, and I used to just say, you know, I'm not, I'm not jumping that increment because I don't think it feels safe to me. My body's, my body's giving me some warning signal. And so I listen to my body. I do, I push it hard enough that I feel like I'm, you know, doing what I need to, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, I really want to lift those 35 pound dumbbells because Emily does it. You know, I really want to, and there are some days where I can, it depends on the move, but then there's other days where I just know that, um, you know, that's Emily. (laughs) And, uh, and, uh, you know, I just can't do that. I I could hurt my joints or I could, you know, torque something else and that 30 pounders or, you know, I should be glad that I can do 30 pounders, you know, and, uh, and I just have to, sometimes you have to get that ego thing out of there that, competition part and you you compete with yourself you represent yourself you stay healthy for yourself and that's how I do it is by pushing but not pushing beyond what I know is right but also keeping me strong you know because you do you have to do and you have to do that as you get older more I think more so because because I don't want that long recovery process you know I, I'm trying to I'm not doing stuff with my shoulder right now and that's really hard <laughs> not to do that. Like, and so like, for example, I, I rewrote your workout today and I did the single leg squats and I, and I changed, uh, the, uh, something else to, a uh, to bed of a rose. And then I did, um, overhead squats. One arm had a 20 and the other arm had an eight, you know? And so, um, but I still did it and I feel really good. And I was just dripping sweat. So it was still a workout.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And that's a great point that I want to dig into a little bit deeper. So there's this thought process as you age. And I was just talking with our good friend, uh, Carla, about this. And you need to be very cognizant of when you are practicing, when you're training and when you're competing. And just so people understand that practice would be something that is like lower intensity, but you're just going over the movement pattern. Maybe you're using a PVC pipe and you're practicing your squat snatches or something, but you're not putting any load on it other than the PVC pipe. You're just training and practicing that movement. Training would be a little bit higher intensity so that you're going to get some sort of a, an adaptation from it that could be, you know, cardiovascular or muscular or whatnot, But it's going to be more in like, you know, let's call it the 70 to 80, maybe 85 at the most percent. Kind of
1: uncomfortable.
0: (laughs) Yeah, kind of uncomfortable. And then competing is when you are going 100% of what your intensity level will allow in that particular movement or weight or workout. And it sounds like you intuitively have an idea of when you are in those particular zones. Can you explain that a little bit more in that or help people to understand that may not have do that so well, how you do that?
1: I think for me, it has to do with my heart beating. Um, I can feel when I feel out of breath, you know, and I don't like to push myself into that spot with the cardiovascular. I don't, it's uncomfortable, but I, you know, I remember a month before the games, you said, I can get you, I can raise up your cardiovascular. Don't worry. And I'm thinking, Oh, I can't do it. You know, but actually we did, I think we did get it up, getting it better. And that's why I don't want to not work out now. Cause I don't want to lose all that. Cause I, that was horrible. But, um, <laughs> but um, you can, you, you go by pushing yourself to the point where you feel like you need to, you know, take a second to breathe. And well, I, I do stuff like I only allow myself so, so many breaths if I need to rest. Like I only get five, or I only get ten, you know. And then I keep going. Um, I just set up some rules ahead of time, and then I keep pushing beyond. I mean, you did tell me that my my warm up shouldn't be at eighty <laughs> percent, like I was trying, which is cool. I mean, it was r- warm up is way more fun now. <laughs> when I know I don't have to do it so hard to, to get warmed up, but um, I, I don't really know how, why I know this. I just, over time, I guess I just figured out where I can push and when I need to rest and just keep going each day. And I also have my whoop, you know, yeah. I can look and see where my heart rate, you know, when I met, met my maximum heart rate and, And, um, I know that I can, I can push harder now than I could two months ago, you know, to get, or actually I, I don't feel as awful when I'm pushing into that upper heart rate zone as before it would just, it just felt so awful. And it didn't really take that much extra to, to get it to the point where I don't feel as awful in that higher heart rate for the same amount of time, you know, Mm -hmm. and you were telling me that even, um to get better at something to, you don't have to like runners, you were saying, you don't have to run at a hundred percent all the time to get better, to get your cardiovascular up higher. And I've kind of been using that philosophy now. And it's, I like it because I don't, because I was kind of avoiding it because I thought I had to feel that awful every time. And when you don't, and you still see some gains, you know, that I found is really beneficial. So I think I'm going to be a better runner by next year.
0: Oh, absolutely. I guarantee that. <laughs> yeah, people need to watch out. Uh, something that, yeah, people that don't always understand, and especially CrossFitters, when we're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go as hard as I can all the time. And maybe when you're 25, you can do that and you can come back and you're all right. And you can even get away with having poor technique, which is unfortunate because you should always try and practice to have really high quality technique and be cognizant of what you're doing. But we don't realize that we get a lot of results. And some people could even argue, well, you, you could definitely argue with, with running and with cardiovascular training, which does pour over into your other styles of, of working out, uh, that you get more results from having a lower heart rate and getting faster at that heart rate than you do from going as hard as you can at a higher heart rate for a lower period of time. So uh, let me say that in a different way. So you go slower for longer and over short periods of time you actually end up moving your your new slow becomes faster. Yeah. Rather than trying to go fast and have your heart rate go down so that you can go faster for longer. Does that well, make and, sense? You
1: know, it it makes perfect sense. I mean, it really does and it's it's like your body feels safer to give you that extra oomph. You know, it's like when I say in mobility, I I always say um, don't push yourself beyond what your body feels is a good stretch. Just take yourself to to the edge and then back up two inches and wait for your body to feel like it's safe. And then your body will actually relax you into a deeper stretch, into a different level. And so I think it's the same thing. Your body has to feel safe in that space. And then you can little by little push, push more.
0: Yeah. And I would say that if we were going to take that back to people that are listening or watching this, that are doing CrossFit and which is awesome. If you're already, you know, any athlete at any age and you've gotten yourself into that position and now you're watching this, cro- this, interview because you're like wow this is the the fittest woman in the world that's 65 plus which is so cool in your CrossFit classes you may have coaches that are doing this three to one go and expecting you to just go balls to the wall but you need to rate self-regulate yourself is what you should get out of this is that you're not always you shouldn't always be going hundred and competing as hard as you possibly can and you won't always get the most results from that so my follow-up question for you mom is how often do you think that you actually compete or go a hundred percent like is that once a week is that twice a week is that once a month because I have an idea for myself you know I could tell you for myself but I'm, I'm curious how many how often you think that happens or maybe it was just at the games I don't know
1: uh I guess I did at the games, I although I didn't at the games because I didn't know where I was. You know, I was so tunnel vision, just doing my thing. And then I'd hear my name and think, oh, I better go faster because I'm doing something that has him saying my name. But, you know, maybe, I don't know. It depends on my mood and my day and how I feel. You know, you, you have to go by your way your overall body feels. I think if, if I'm ever working out next to someone, I always want to stay up with them. So that kind of encourages me to do a little push or, or better than they're doing. (laughs) But, um, I don't, I don't, I don't think I push to a hundred percent very often.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I know when you wrote me that simulated games workout, I was trying to, push myself for those three days you know it was at seven or eight workouts I tried to push myself really hard for those three days and it I I mean I was tired for a week and a half afterward Mm -hmm. you know I was tired tired for that one that you wrote me than I was after the games (laughs) so go figure
0: yeah and that that I I don't
1: want you writing the games workouts
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, if I I did write the games workouts, there'd be some things that were a little bit more technical that I'd probably throw in there, but they'd be to our advantage. So that's all right. (laughs) Yes, but I think that's a huge takeaway for people is that you you don't go 100% all the time. And I think that maybe that is an advantage of you training by yourself and not being in a CrossFit class where there's a coach that's yelling at you. That could be a slippery slope to get into, especially if your coach... And it's not that they're ill-intentioned. They maybe just don't understand. They haven't they haven't gone far enough in their training or, you know, they haven't crashed and burned themselves like I have when I tried to go, you know, 100% all the time. And <laughs> you learned that. Yeah. And I learned it. And now, you know, I teach it to other people. My my claim is that I'd make all the mistakes and then try and teach people how to not have the mistakes that I've had.
1: Yeah. Um, I always say, don't ever trust a coach who's never been hurt, who's never had any issues with overtraining because they don't know. They really don't know.
0: Yep, I agree. And I would say that one of the biggest tools that you mentioned earlier is these whoop straps. I mean, even if they're not 100% accurate all the time, they give you some feedback on like you get up and, and for example, yesterday I had like 53% recovery and I felt pretty darn good. And what it meant though, or or why it regulated me is that in our program, we have like the choose your own adventure thing where like you can do the wad and then you can add a strength piece or a finisher or conditioning to that, depending on what you need and what your goals are or like how you're feeling that day. And I knew that because I was only at 53% and then the workout that we did was kind of hard that I'm just like, all right, that's going to be it for today. And that'll be enough. And if I didn't have this whoop strap on, I, because of me wanting to do as much as I possibly can and get the most results as fast as I can, would have probably done everything that was that I, that I wrote and it would have been less beneficial for me. I so, mean, there are
1: going to be days like that too where you do push too hard and yeah. then you have to listen to your body and then you might not work out the next day, you know? Yeah. And you had a really yeah. wonderful time pushing too hard. I mean, I like that day too. I like the days where I feel like so exhausted, mm. you know? I, I like that feeling. It's just that then you have to be able to take the next day off.
0: Yeah. I like that feeling too. Yeah. So in relationship to that, um, I think that it's really important that we talk about how you've improved on your sleep and your recovery and how, how would you, how would you explain your sleep habits right now? And do you think that has changed in the last year or two?
1: Well, I don't really like to sleep. So I would be much happier on about six hours of sleep a night. Um, but I know it's really good for me. So with this whoop strap, that's one thing that's helped a lot. Um, I know you can do it with an Apple watch and anything that tracks your sleep. Um, I've been trying to, I try to get seven to eight hours of sleep a night and, uh, and I don't really feel any better, but I feel better because my whoop says I got it. (laughs) Um, I feel just as good on six hours of sleep. I know there's some people whose bodies are like that. My mom was kind of like that. And uh, and I'd much rather stay up until, you know, one o'clock in the morning and get up at seven. And I'd be totally happy. But, you know, I don't think it's... well. My, my mom only lived to be 100. So, <laughs> you know, what does she know? I don't really feel better when I get more sleep. I, I, I don't have that... I rarely have that exhausted feeling. There's some days when, you know, I feel, oh, I feel kind of tired and I look and I'm in the green and whoop and I'm thinking they don't know what they're talking about. And, or on a day when I think ah, I feel just great and I go work out and then I check my whoop later and it's red, you know, I, so I don't know. I I mean, it's, it's helpful to have that whoop because it does keep me trying to get those hundred percents because I see Joe and Emily always have a hundred percent and I want a hundred percent like Joe and Emily, (laughs) but uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I think sleep's important and I, and I do try to get sleep because I don't want it to get me later that I didn't sleep enough and didn't have enough recovery, but maybe it is working for me because I got first place in the CrossFit Games, so I don't know.
0: (laughs) And and this is something where a coach could step in and and make a comment. And based off of doing the weekly athlete check-ins, which she's really good at doing, um, I can go and look at the, the sleep scores that she's given over the last six months. And I've been on her about it for a while to improve sleep, especially, um, as we went through COVID and there's like a a lot of high stress times and things huh. were not optimal for, for that sleep then becomes very important. And there's a clear indication based off of me doing all of these athlete check-ins that people that sleep more have less stress, like across the board, like it is so clear that it is mind boggling. And that people are not paying attention to this. And with things like whoop, they are paying attention to it more. And I can see that with your stats, we can look at it and see that that sleep percentage, you've been trying to get it up to hundred percent. And that has been something that you've done. And I personally, as a coach don't feel like you would have been able to handle the last month of training into the CrossFit games, because <laughs> I increased your volume if yeah. you were still Doing the mediocre-ish sleep that you were, and and we never know, but I think from a coaching standpoint, and from a belief that you know you are getting that extra time, even if it was like, remember when I was telling you to just, there was a time when I was telling you to just lay down more during the day. Yeah, that was um, cool
1: because I watched some movies and. Yeah. You know, I'm not very good at laying down during the day so.
0: Yeah, so like that that is important and unfortunately in our society we've gotten into this habit of not doing it. But if you want to tr- if you want to uh, have your body recover like whatever we can look at the whoop and we can see that there was more deep sleep. And deep sleep if there's even, you know, a couple minutes more deep sleep, that is directly related to having your body tissue being rebuilt. So yeah. if you're going to go into the gym and you're aging, you know, it it's so clear to me, at least that it is important to have those things happen, especially as you're aging and be able to come back better. And, and, you know, the more you can come back better and stronger, the younger that you feel, and the more you're younger that your tissue is going to be. So there yeah. you have that. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, and that's the nice thing. You have that perspective of seeing all the other athletes too, you know, and yeah. how they're responding and people who don't do it and people who do do it. What well, I mean, I think that's so that would be worth writing a book about. I think it's pretty fascinating.
0: Yeah, maybe if I write a book, then more people will listen to me and then they'll actually sleep more. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it, is, it, is yeah. a, it is across the board though. It's been one of the most eye-opening things in the Get Better Project because we use weekly athlete check-ins and we rate how people are sleeping. And if they have devices, we have them put their score down. It is a direct correlation where if people sleep more, they can handle stress better and they are happier. And that's, that's without considering all these other things that sleep has given you, right? Like the ability to recover, to get gains faster, to be more mentally fresh, all of this stuff that sleep can be better, you know, has clinically shown to improve. Most people stress out about things and they even stress out about being stressed. If you sleep more, you will have less stress. Yeah. And that's, you know, as simple as just being like, I'm going to set a sleep timer to go to bed. And I'm not gonna get out of bed until this time. And I don't care if you're awake and you're reading a book, you're just like like what we talked about before, you're just laying there, just that time down. Your body will eventually start to catch up because if you don't get enough sleep, you've trained yourself to do that. And anyway, tangent I know, coaching if tangent. I
1: wake up early, I don't let I don't let myself move, you know. I might be, I might turn on a podcast, so something's running through my head, but I, I won't let myself. I won't get on my phone. I won't do anything, you know, I just yeah. have to, I have to stay there until a certain time when I know, you know, and I just can't move at all. And that's, I think that's really helped also.
0: Yeah. And I do that as well. It's a great point. And I've noticed that on my whoop, let's say that if I wake up at seven, but I'm but I'm not supposed to get up until seven 30, if I flip on a book and listen to a book for that half hour, my whoop still thinks I'm sleeping.
1: Yeah. So there's and sometimes something- I'll go right into a super deep sleep also. When I do yeah. something like that, I yeah. really good sleep. Although my whoop the other day, I was, I woke up in the middle of the night and, you know, got up and going to the bathroom and changed my pillows around the stuff. And, and whoop thinks that I, I was up, my, my sleep was done. And then I took a nap. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, yeah. I'm,
1: I'm trying to change it, trying to fix it, but it wouldn't let me fix it. So that makes me mad when they think I've gotten up.
0: Yeah. That happens to me sometimes too. And I get out of bed and I'm going to the bathroom somewhere in the woods. And I think there's a bear or something there. And my (laughs) heart rate gets really high and (laughs) whoop thinks I'm awake. And then I've gone and taken a nap after that. So
1: yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Luckily you can adjust it. So you can tell it, no, I wasn't a, that was a, that wasn't a nap.
0: (laughs) Yeah. 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 So we I
1: I don't get up and make myself and let myself do something that I'm counting that as sleep.
0: Yeah, absolutely. What would you say to somebody that's having trouble getting started with getting into shape? I know that we've talked about this before and it's like, we try and motivate people and they're like, well, that's great, but I can't do that. You know, it's like, well, here's the get better project. All you have to do is follow it. And there's level one. It's totally ready for you to start right now. Um, But why do you think people have that trouble or not? Why do you think, but what would you, what do you think that, you know, you could say it helped motivate them to just take that first step?
1: You know, I've been trying to think about this a lot because I'd like to start a branch of this is for master's level people and maybe people who haven't worked out for a long time or, um, not at all or something, you know, and and I think it'd be, might be easier to, to relate to someone my age, but I've I've been, and I was talking to some ladies and, and people have a lot of excuses and the reasons why they can't do it. But my, my goal is to figure out a reason why you can do it. You know, not why I don't care why you can't do it. I want to know, What will help you so you can say you can do it just one day, just do it one day. And then, as I said, do it the next day and then do it the next day. And what will, what will motivate you? And what, I mean, what is your motivation? Are you scared to death that you're not going to be able to pick up your grandkids? Are you, um, did you go to the doctor and get a really bad prognosis? Did you, um, do you feel like you're really not representing yourself very well as a human being? Like you're not a physically fit person. You can't walk down the steps. Um, you can't, you know, what is it? You know, you got to figure out what is your motivation and and why were you even considering exercising? I know you're always saying how there's a lot of people around that aren't in very good shape. And, um, I, you know, I was traveling this last week and I'm starting to notice that there's lots of people that aren't, that if they aren't in good shape and then the stuff that they're eating on top of that, you know, and you think, wow, what would help you not do that and not, not making a judgment that they're a bad person, but that I think that if you're in, you know, you're hundred pounds, 200 pounds overweight and you're still, and you're eating that way, that's a feeling of maybe hopelessness and how, what, what little aspect of that could you change to make yourself feel more hopeful to say, I'm going to represent myself a little bit better than I did yesterday. I'm going to do something that will help me, you know, change my life a little bit more just by doing even one thing, you know, what is it? Is it, you know, just that awful, awful task of people hate logging what they eat. Well, you know, after you've done a little bit, it's not any big, it's not a big deal, you know, or even if you just write it down on a piece of paper so that everything you eat, you put down on a piece of paper and, just to keep track of it. And just that in itself will help you realize how much extra stuff, you know, you might be eating that you shouldn't or you, that is not healthy for you, you know, or you might say, Oh, when I eat these three things it really triggers my overeating or I didn't get enough protein. And so I didn't feel, I felt real sluggish or whatever it is. I don't know. Just, I don't know. Just trying to figure out what it is that motivates people rather than being, angry at someone for not doing a perfect job, what is it that I could do that would help someone get to their spot where they could start shining up their own stars? You know, there's got to be something that will help them feel like they're self-motivated, you know, a little bit here, a little bit there, but what is it? I don't know. It's different for different people. It's not going to be, I mean, you and I have pretty strong constitutions to do certain things, but everybody else has has that strength in some way or another, you know? So what is it and how can we tap into that and help them? You know, because you're not going to feel wor- You're not going to feel worse by getting healthier. You're just not. You're not going to feel worse by, by working out. You, you're going to feel sore. You're going to feel really sore at first. But after you get past that sore spot, then you're going to start, you're going to feel better. You know, there's just no way around it. You know, and how do you tap into that? I know that's you're thinking of that all the time, but I've been trying to think a lot about it to see if there's a way to motivate people to just take that one little step.
0: Yeah, something that that I've tried to do and that I've thought about with the Get Better Project and hopefully, you know, having you... You help out and do some some form of that as well with us so that we can tap into more of the 60 and 50 plus people it is just showing people the way, kind of not telling them to do something or you know, giving them a plan or whatnot, but literally like this is how I walk across this field, just step in behind me and walk with me. And that's what I try and have the get better project be, is like you know, this is the dumbbell that I pick up and this is what I do with it. All you got to do is just follow that. And if you have questions, you're right behind me. So just say, hey, Joe, or hey, Patty, this looked like this when you did it, but it looks like this when I do it. What's going on there?
1: When you are remarkably good at picking out and troubleshooting. You know, I know I don't send enough videos, but whenever I do, it's like you immediately know exactly what I'm doing and say, just try this and just try that, you know, and it, it really helps.
0: Yeah. And you know, if, if there's, if people get something that they're like good at, you know, like you were saying, not to, well, for people's reference, or like if they need help with anything, I just personally happen to have this. I, you know, not to like pat myself on the back too much, but like a superpower with like sh- seeing when people move. I can watch someone walk and know exactly where their inefficiencies are or like where they're good at doing a movement, right? Like you could squat or sit down for me on a chair and I'm going to be like, all right, this is how we're going to make you feel better when you're doing it. Like there's just some thing that shifts so like if you're involved with the get better project i i can help in that way as much as you want and you know everybody's got something that they're they're good at. i just happen to be good at that and i love watching movement and it's it's something that becomes really easy to me yeah. but, well, i feel um, the same
1: way when i teach yoga or mobility. Yeah. If I have a group of people that I'm watching, I, I it's it's so fun to just say, you know, just take this shoulder, move it down here a little bit. Try that. How does that feel? It's the human body is so fascinating.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it, it probably is something that I got from you and it's just something that's like related to visualiz- or visualizing, like being a visual learner and then the proprioception that goes along with it. Like I can almost actually look at, at you or somebody and know what you're feeling as you move through it. So I can tell you, oh yeah, I would have felt that way when I moved there. So you need to feel this way and you need to put this body, part of your body in this position. So it's a really interesting thing that I can't really explain how it happens, but, yeah, but yeah, going back to, you know, just following, letting people, be the example that you want to see and then allowing allowing people to follow you down the path, you know, and I think that that's...
1: You know, and I think another thing that you've kind of been mentioning now is that you don't always feel like getting out there or you don't always, like, you don't have the best workout or, you know, halfway through, it just felt like so awful, you know, and that's sometimes the people behind you, you know, you're thinking, oh, man, I got to go across that field. And if the person behind you just says come on, let's go. There's an, that's enough motivation. So, you know, you get, or I get a motivation from other people, just maybe they felt 10 points higher than I did today. And that will motivate me to keep going. And, you know, once I'm going, I'm okay. It's just that, um, at the gym, I used to belong to the right on the front door. It said, you've just done the hardest part of your workout. And that's true. It's that, you know, putting your hand on the door and opening it, you know, getting there and, having someone else give you a little shove or three, two, one, go or whatever it is, you know? I mean, you can ask anybody. It takes me forever to start my workout because I just ugh, can't, you know, once I go, I'm fine. It's just the It's a good thing with the CrossFit games. They didn't just let me decide when I was going to start. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I tell people that are having trouble getting going is like, just tell yourself you're just going to do the warm up. Yeah. You know? and for a lot of people if they're thinking about doing a work working out on their own they're not going to have a gym to go to or whatnot which is a lot of what we do is that you know just start the with the warm-up and if you do the warm-up you don't feel like working out after that then just Call it a day, and then start with the warm up again tomorrow. And maybe well, and your workouts,
1: like... your warm ups are hard enough that sometimes they feel like they've been a workout.
0: <laughs> yeah, <and that's
1: laughs> I, I very... need a long, I need a really long workout warm up though. So I really appreciate it because it does. It takes me longer to get all my joints lubricated and my heart going before I can actually work out. I know a lot of people don't like a big long warm up, but I appreciate it because it, I, I need that.
0: Yeah. I can't think of any reason of not having a long, good, thorough warm up. I mean, maybe you're a little bit tired for the workout in and of itself, but the truth is that that's probably going to make you less, give you less chance of getting injured. So, you know, I'd rather have you be a little bit tired and not be able to go as hard and then get a little bit more injured. And then if we go back to what we talked about, you know, when you're training at a lower heart rate, you're probably maybe even going to get more gains then it's, yeah. it's beneficial in that, in that sense. As well, I also well. want
1: to say, you know, I have a, a hurt shoulder and the reason I have a hurt shoulder is because I had to push through at the games. Like you say, you know, you practice perfect, but in the games you do what you have to. And that's, I had to, you know, I had that snatch to do and I couldn't just say, oh, my shoulder hurts. I'm, I don't think that's a good lift for me today. So I had to push through that, you know, and then I had to do those wall walks and I had to do, you know that stuff afterwards. But normally in your everyday programming, you don't do that. If your shoulder hurts, you either, you know, find out, I find out from you, what can I do instead of this? Is there another workout I can do? And now I I pretty much know, you know how I can adjust it, but you know if you're not sure, you don't just say, "Well, I'm not working out today." There's so many things you can do instead that'll leave you feeling just as, just as you know, sweaty and worked out as as using this arm.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, it's and that's just the only. About- and,
1: and otherwise, I, if I if I hadn't been training for the games for the last two months, this shoulder would be fine. Okay. <laughs> Yeah.
0: Yep. That's a, that's a great point. If people want to reach out to you and ask you questions about things that maybe we have or haven't covered on this, where would you like them to find you?
1: Well, they can find me at, you know, Patty Bauer on Facebook. They can message me. They can, I now have an Instagram account. Thanks to you. Um, That's Patty Bauer uh, CF, like for CrossFit. I changed my name so people could find me. I think that works. And I I do have a website called oldwater, W-O-D-D-E-R dot com.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And if if anybody that's uh, watching or listening to this would think it would be beneficial for Patty to be your coach, if you're like, you know, all right, yeah, I think that this would be fun and it'd be really cool and relatable to do some of these workouts and have Patty be your personal coach. Because when you get into the Get Better project, we have... You're assigned a personal coach that you can ask as many questions to you do weekly athlete check-ins with all of this stuff. If you would like her to be your coach, go ahead and send her a message or send me a message or comment down below on this, and uh, we will make that happen. We're just kind of like testing the waters here to see like how because we both want to help more people. So if that's motivated you and you would think, "Oh yeah, that would be fantastic, then just send us a message and and we'll we'll get that rolling for you. And is it so last question, is there anything else that you think that people should know that we haven't talked about or some just something that you like to share with the Internet world before we jump off?
1: I think we, we cover a lot of stuff. I'm, you know, I just think that if anybody's even thinking about trying to change their lives to get better, you know, just. Take that one step and, you know, contact someone, contact us, contact your, you know, silver sneakers, contact anybody. Keep, you know, if one thing doesn't work, try something else. That could be your one day. It could be one day I'll try silver sneakers. One day I'll go to a yoga class. One day I'll do swimming. One day I'll do something else. And, pretty soon there's going to be something nagging and it's going to say, that was fun. I should do that again. Or I really liked it when I got to go with my friends and we did this long walk or whatever, just keep, keep experimenting, keep trying until you find that thing that, that sticks and that makes you motivated to keep going. Cause you know, it's never going to hurt you to get in better shape.
0: Love it. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you for being on here. I really appreciate you sharing this and oh, one I more I want to show you my medal. Okay.
1: Anybody who hasn't seen it, look at this.
0: There you go.
1: I got that. I was mad. Cause I thought I got one. We were old and we didn't get anything that was like Tia Toomey cause she got a white, <laughs> she got a white thing and then I looked at it and it does say first place. It's just blue. And then I flipped it over and it does, I did get one that says first, Nice. you know, not that it's doesn't make whether I work out or not any different, but it was kind of cool to have it. And the thing weighs about 10 pounds. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's kind of fun.
0: Very cool. Very cool. Well, um, thanks so much for spending the time doing this. Maybe we'll do it again sometime. And, uh,